WebCityOnline.com, this is Two Rivers 30 Minutes, a weekly series of interviews with people making news around the McKeesport area. Produced by Tube City Community Media Incorporated, a nonprofit corporation. I'm Jason Toger, the Executive Director. On this show, we talk one-on-one with elected officials, community leaders, and others who are trying to make a difference in the Monyoc area. And we also take your questions and comments on Facebook and Twitter at Tube City Online. Charter schools, um, not a new idea, came onto the scene about 20 years ago, at least in, in Pennsylvania, 1997, I think, is when Pennsylvania passed their charter school legislation. Originally, the idea was to, I think, offer school choice. Uh, charter schools promised that some of them were going to offer things like immersive education um, in different foreign languages or in engineering. But somewhere along the way, urban school districts say that the needs of the students were sort of taking a back seat, I think, to maybe the needs of some of the charter school operators. We're going to ask our guests this morning, are all charter schools, number one, constructed equally? And number two, uh, how are public urban school districts like McKeesport, like Woodland Hills, like South Allegheny, Clareton, Duquesne, some of the school districts in our area, how are they maybe being harmed now by charter schools? Our guests this morning are Mark Holtzman. He is the superintendent of the McKeesport Area School District. Uh, good morning, Dr. Holtzman. Good morning. Thanks for having me. And on the telephone line with us is Chris Dormer. He's superintendent of schools in the Norristown Area School District. Uh, good morning, Dr. Dormer. Uh, good morning, Jason. Thanks for having me on. Well, thank you for, for being with us. I hear we have a train coming by, so we may have to take a pause here in just a moment. Uh, t- tell us what PLUS is, first of all. Um, it's, it, it's the organization had a rally this past Thursday uh, at school districts all over the state of Pennsylvania, including in McKeesport. Uh, Dr. Dormer, tell us what PLUS is, what it stands for. I'm happy to, Jason. So uh, PLUS is the Pennsylvania League of Urban Superintendents. It is a caucus of the Pennsylvania Association of uh, School Administrators, uh, PASA, which is the state superintendent's organization. So uh, the PLUS caucus has been around uh, originally as, as it's a standalone organization, uh, but it's folded in as part of the state superintendent's uh, uh, group uh, a number of years ago. And basically, it is, uh, you know, it's, it's a collection of superintendents across the Commonwealth uh, that represent uh, urban schools. And I think the one thing that, uh, you know, part of our press conference yesterday was, uh, was just to inform the public, you know, what exactly is an urban school. And an urban school, uh, you know, by definition, uh, is where there's a high concentration of population and where there tends to be a higher concentration of uh, economically disadvantaged or, or impoverished students. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of people, they hear urban schools, immediately they think Pittsburgh, uh, on your side of the state, they think Philadelphia on my side of the state. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's places like McKeesport, it's places like Norristown, uh, it's places like Scranton and Erie, uh, it's places like Greater Johnstown in the uh, kind of more central rural parts of the state, where, again, we have high, de- high density of students, uh, we have families that are economically in need, uh, and along with that brings the challenges uh, that, uh, you know, educating uh, students uh, in poverty, um, you know, that, that go beyond uh, wealthy, uh, you know, it's additional challenges beyond what wealthy suburban districts have to deal with. Uh, you know, upper or uh, NAR Center School District here, uh, we have uh, 7,600 students in our school system. Uh, there's 9,000 school-aged kids uh, when you add in private parochial and charter schools. So, again, you're not talking about, uh, you know, the several hundred thousand that are in you know, your, your Philadelphia public schools, your Pittsburgh public schools. It really is a wide range of uh, enrollments. Uh, it's a wide range of uh 
you know, we'll see geography where these school districts lie. And again, but, but the common thread is high dense population and, and a big economic need. Let, let's uh, turn to Mark Holtzman, who's in the studio here with us, who is superintendent of McKeesport Area School District. We heard some of the statistics about Norristown. Uh, Dr. Holtzman, tell us a little bit about the McKeesport Area School District for people who aren't familiar. So McKeesport is, is an urban community that uh, made up of uh, several mis- municipalities uh, that obviously uh, struggle with some challenges such as poverty, crime, uh, some of those unfortunate situations that uh, our children are faced with, and those needs need to be met in the school systems. And by taking away our resources, and a lot of time it's human resources that we're really lo- you know, losing in this conversation, uh, textbooks, pencils, tablets, technology, things like that are always very important, but when you think about uh, staffing issues and eliminating 115 teaching positions and support staff over the last, uh, say, 8 to 10 years uh, due solely to charter school uh, costs and funding is is very, very challenging to offset. Now, we don't make excuses, and we manage to do well. We have approximately 33, 3,400 students in our district, um, and uh, we're, we're very proud of what we do, but I think we need a little bit more support, and we need recognition that uh, the efforts that are made in our urban schools are very positive and we're preparing kids for you know really an incredible future uh it's just a matter of uh getting the the word out and making sure that the small group of uh, we'll call urban schools uh, if there's 30 or 40 districts in the state of pennsylvania out of the 500 it's hard for our voice to travel so we're just trying to do our best to promote what we do and make it uh make create some awareness for uh you know, for the legislators and others to consider us in all the conversations that are happening. We're talking to two of the uh, school superintendents who participated on this past Thursday in a statewide rally. I believe it was approximately 20 uh, school districts across the state, uh, including in our area, uh, McKeesport, uh, Duquesne, Clareton, Woodland Hills, Wilkinsburg, Penn Hills, South Allegheny, and Steel Valley. Uh, Penn, uh, yeah, Penn Hills, I mentioned, all participating in this statewide rally to talk about uh, charter school funding. Uh, Dr. Holtzman, I'll put the question to you because I'm sure some of the listeners maybe don't don't know exactly how charter schools are funded. Where does the money come from for charter schools? A lot of people maybe think they pay tuition. Yeah. Unfortunately, sometimes the advertisements and the way in which they're promoted are promoted as, as, as free you know, public school systems or, or free education, but it's actually funded on the backs and the burden of the taxpayers from the community. So therefore, our school districts are responsible for paying tuition for each of the children that attend these charter schools and charter cyber schools. Uh, unfortunately, depending on the classification or where that child fits in, uh, if a child uh, is able to move over into that system, there's a certain expectation of funding based on the budget of each individual school. Uh, now, a child with special needs, that obviously that tuition increases uh, sometimes two or three times very substantial, and it makes it very challenging for us uh, to continue to offset. Basically, we're funding several different school districts on one school district budget, and it's an unreasonable expectation when the needs of children continue to to basically uh, increase. You're thinking about special education costs continue to increase, and the funding is, is basically flat funding. Uh, we've lost uh, several, several 
thousands, millions of dollars in state and federal funding. Many of the urban school districts depend uh, on our basic ed subsidy that, uh, you know, Governor Wolf has tried his best to restore, but we've lost in a dramatic way over the last several years. So those those issues financially, uh, coupled with, you know, trying to maintain facilities and, and debt service payments and uh, a local tax base that, that really cannot, you know, that, that has some instability, uh, raising taxes isn't always the answer uh, to offset these costs. And a lot of times you hear taxpayers wanting school taxes to be eliminated sure. or decreased, but those things can't occur if we're continuing to f- to basically fund more than one school district on one school district budget. So it's very, very difficult. Uh, let me ask you, we, we're going to have to take a break here in about uh, 60 seconds, but Mr., uh, Dr. Holtzman, uh, what percentage of your budget at McKeesport area uh, goes to charter school tuition. Yeah, approximately 10% of our budget, $7 million out of a $69 million budget, it goes to charter schools. That doesn't include uh, any of the busing or any of the transportation. That's just strictly tuition, about $7 million. And and for the homeowner out there or business owner who owns property in your district, about how many mills is that? Because I've heard your board president, I think, say like six or seven mills. Yeah, up to about seven mills of, of the overall uh, tax uh, base at this particular time. Uh, uh, Dr. Dorn? Over to you uh, in Norristown about how much of your budget is is uh, spent on charter school tuition. Uh, so well, we we are again a little bit of a bigger system. We're we're about a hundred sixty million dollar operating budget, and we're just short of ten million dollars in charter payments annually. Okay. Um, we have to take a break. When we come back, I want to ask you about the, the cyber charters, which advertise very heavily on the radio, not on any of the stations that we're on, but they do advertise very heavily. I hear their ads all the time on the radio and why they pose a, a, a particular, uh, uh, for public school systems, why, why they, you are particularly, a, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Annoyed? Yeah. That's a, that's a nice way of saying <laughs> that's it. That's a nice way of saying it. Okay. That, that, that's a kind way to put it. That's okay. Right. Uh, we're talking about uh, public schools and and how they are challenged by uh, charter schools in uh, very real financial ways. There was a rally statewide across the state by the Pennsylvania League of Urban Schools. It's called PLUS for short. From the Tube City Center for Business and Innovation in downtown McKeesport, this is Two Rivers 30 Minutes. We'll be right back. You're listening to Two Rivers 30 Minutes, a production of Tube City Community Media Incorporated. You've got an idea for someone who you'd like us to interview or a question or comment, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Tube City Online. Welcome back. Our guest this morning in the studio is Mark Holtzman. He is superintendent of the McKeesport Area School District. On the line with us is uh, Christopher Dormer. He's superintendent of the Norristown Area School District in eastern Pennsylvania, Montgomery County area of uh, Pennsylvania, which actually my wife and I were, were just through a couple of days ago. Uh, we're talking about uh, public schools across the state of Pennsylvania, urban public schools, um, but not necessarily the big cities that you would think of Philadelphia and Pittsburgh. This is more like Allen Town, Altoona, McKeesport, Clareton, Duquesne, uh, Braddock, uh, places like that, uh, held a rally on Thursday, actually on the anniversary of the day that the Montgomery, Alabama bus boycott started in 1955, and we'll talk about the significance of that uh, in a minute or two uh, as well, um, to discuss uh, their call to state legislators and to Governor Tom Wolf for funding reforms and oversight reforms for charter schools. Uh, when we took the break, I mentioned uh, cyber charter schools um, in, in the Pittsburgh area. I don't know about in the eastern part of the state, but in the Pittsburgh area, the cyber charter schools advertise heavily, um, mainly on the radio. I hear a lot of radio ads, but probably on on TV, too. Uh, Chris Dormer from Norristown, um, what is a cyber charter school? It sounds fancy. 
Uh, so a uh, cyber charter school, again, uh, you know, falls under the uh, the charter school law. It's supposed to be different, innovative, uh, but basically, it's it's a 100% online learning opportunity for a student. Uh, so a uh, cyber charter school offers a student uh, the opportunity of usually they send them a laptop or some sort of device, uh, and the student basically learns from home. Uh, uh, the entire learning experience is digital. Uh, it is done through uh, you know uh, some sort of uh, learning platform or uh, some sort of learning. Uh, the, the premise is that, you know, all of the uh, core content will be provided uh, via uh, the computer. Uh, the student will work through, you know, kind of complete work modules. They'll, they'll complete it. Um, and there is, uh, you know, an educator on the other end that may be available to support the student. Uh, you know, uh, but really it's, uh, uh, you know, when, when we uh, work with students here in Norristown that say, you know, that they're interested in a, in a cyber program, and uh, a lot of districts in Norristown, we actually run our own cyber program. It's not a charter program, uh, but it's just an offshoot of our program. Well, I was just going to – There's three things that we always say t- students need to uh, really uh, be strong in, you know, is time management skills, uh, the ability to self-learn and self-motivation, because uh, when, when a student is a cyber student, uh, again, they're not in that classroom with that teacher who's going to hover uh, that entire period. You know, the cyber student, it requires them, uh, you know, to, to log on, uh, to sit there, kind of work independently through the modules, uh, stay on t- pace with the work, submit the work. Um, and, again, it is a very, uh, in a lot of cases, a very isolated-type uh, learning environment. But, uh, you know, for some parents, uh, I know uh, in certain situations for students, whether they struggle with anxiety or social situations, yeah. you know, there are parents that think, uh, you know, it's beneficial for students. Uh, and we often hear that, you know, uh, some parents unfortunately uh, choose the cyber experience uh, because, uh, you know, they, they you know they feel their child's being bullied and, uh, you know, they're just looking for an out. Uh, but, uh, you know, that, that's kind of a nutshell of, you know, what, what cyber learning is. Um, well, that, uh, that's, know, let me interrupt you for just a second, uh, Dr. Dormer, uh, from, from Norristown School District. Uh, that, those are exactly where my mind was going to. You might have a student who maybe has mobility challenges or maybe is in an isolated part that's particularly in a rural district where maybe transportation is not great. Or maybe they've got some, some social anxiety issues. Maybe they interact better. I know especially a lot of kids, perhaps, who are on the autism spectrum sometimes interact better in, in that sort of controlled environment where they don't have a lot of outside stimulus coming at them and they can kind of focus. And the other thing that I could hear our listeners kind of asking themselves is, well, kids spend all day on their, their tablet or their laptop or their phone anyways. What's the difference if, you know, they're getting their education through that, they're already getting their entertainment, they're getting their social networking, they're getting everything else through their laptop. What, what are the drawbacks? And I'm going to put this question over to uh, Mark Holtzman from the McKeesport Area School District. Well, first of all, when it comes to education and the way in which children learn today, the f- being able to facilitate instruction and engage children in, a, in an appropriate fashion, many kids use electronic devices to take a brain brain break or to utilize things that may not be educational and uh, in, in ways to entertain themselves. So, wait, wait a minute, you're saying that they're not just strictly uh, read, reading the encyclopedia no, on, on their computers. Oh, okay. Well, we there's, find, there's games well, and everything being played, aren't there? Yeah, we, okay. we come to find out. So I think one of the biggest challenges is appropriateness on, on electronics and, and using them appropriately. I think you even have adults that do not like to read lengthy emails or read mm-hmm. maybe on electronic devices. We still have many 
many individuals, including myself, that rather read a book with it in, in my hand so I can look ahead and, and look at the, you know, kind of what I'm doing and, and feeling it with my hands. So I think the electronic devices do serve a purpose. I think sometimes they're as much of a distraction as they are as a, a core educational tool. Uh, I think, furthermore, it creates this transient population that already exists in many of our school districts where many of our children are moving in and out of certain communities due to housing issues, doing to, due to other really serious home issues, and therefore they're moving between multiple school districts within a, a one school year or many. But, um, but to play devil's advocate for a, for a second, um, I, again, I could hear the listener out there saying, well, is, wouldn't cyber charter school be a good thing? Because then if you cross the municipal boundary from McKeesport to South Allegheny or South Allegheny to Elizabeth Forward, Elizabeth Forward to Ringgold, you know, you're all, you're all in the same geographic area. But theoretically, wouldn't you, if you're attending a cyber charter school, wouldn't you have the same instructors, the same curriculum, the same lesson plans, no matter where your laptop is? Yeah. So the challenge really is, is that many of the children that choose those uh, alternative education paths in a cyber program are choosing for the wrong reasons. They're not choosing for reasons that they're choosing because of attendance. They're choosing because of discipline. They're choosing because of things they're not happy with, maybe in a public school system that they're not following the appropriate protocol. But more importantly, when you when you move, a lot of the children are not logging on consistency cons- consistently. There's no oversight to whether or not a child is a- attending. There's no communication with the uh, home school district, and those schools are able to take your tuition whether children are successful or not. So there's no expectation of a child logging on or attending regularly, it's just the expectation of there, is that they're enrolled into the cyber program. So that's where the, one of the biggest challenges lies. And in our population of children, about 45% of us are, uh, of our students are transient, meaning they start after the first day of school or they leave at least once during the school year. So that's almost half of our children. So to add to that issue is really, really difficult. I want to put a bookmark in there because that's another issue that, that I wanted to bring up. But I want to uh, go over to uh, Chris Dormer, superintendent from Norristown uh, Area School District in the eastern part of the state. Uh, Dr. Dormer, what's the performance like for kids in, in cyber charter schools? Because um, I have heard a, a number of sources, including uh, Pennsylvania Auditor General Eugene uh, DePasquale, has said that the performance of these cyber charter schools is not good. Is that accurate? Uh, that is an accurate statement. Uh, the Pennsylvania Department of Education has stated 13 of the 14 cyber charter schools in Pennsylvania perform uh, in the lowest 5% uh, in the Commonwealth. Um, and, again, I think it's due to a lot of the reasons that uh, you know Dr. Holtzman stated. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of issues on, on the back end with transiency, uh, but, but I think the biggest thing is is that, uh, you know, the cyber charters are just not offering the support. Uh, you know, they, they get the students in, they get their tuition payment, and, you know, they're, they're – uh, they're not providing the face-to-face supports that you know, we can in a brick and mortar. They, you know, uh, there's an expectation where they'll send them a pacing guide, and then they almost blame the kid and say, "Well, you know, you're not being successful because you fell off pace." And uh, you know, there's, there's to me, there's no accountability on the school to sit there and say, "Well, what are you doing to intervene when a kid falls an assignment behind, a day behind, a week behind, a month behind?" Uh, Stanford University just put a report out, uh, you know, in terms of lost instruction time related to cyber learning, specifically cyber charter schools. That uh, again, because of the lack of support, students lose over a hundred days of instruction uh, if they're enrolled for a full year in math and reading in the course of one school year. Uh, in Pennsylvania, we're required 180 days. They're losing almost 60 percent of their instruction uh, per year 
And so, you know, students that are in these programs are not making, you know, uh, you know, on a minimum, we like to, you know, at least make sure kids making a year's growth or a year's progress in a year's time. You can't do that when you're missing 60% of your instructional time uh, because there's not support forcing you to engage with the program on a daily basis. That's um, Chris Dormer. He is superintendent of the Norristown Area School District. In the studio here with us is Mark Holtzman, who's superintendent of the McKeesport Area School District. They're both here on behalf of the Pennsylvania League of Urban Schools, uh, representing uh, about 20 different uh, school districts across the state of Pennsylvania, uh, ranging in size from uh, Duquesne and Clareton up to Norristown, Altoona, Johnstown, um, a lot of the uh, smaller cities and county seats uh, in Pennsylvania. They are uh, calling on the state legislature and Governor Tom Wolf uh, for reforms to Pennsylvania's charter school law. We have another break uh, to take here uh, very soon. Time is going very quickly. Um, let me ask you about this uh, transient population, the moving in and out, because something that I heard just the other day, which surprised me, and my dad worked in secondary math for 27 years, so I thought I knew a little bit about public schools, uh, is that you don't know now, I'll put this to Dr. Holtzman from McKeesport, you don't know now necessarily how many kids are starting school on the first day of school. Is that accurate? Yeah, it's a challenge to try to estimate personnel and, and staffing. That blew my mind when yeah. I heard it. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but that blew my mind that, that you you don't necessarily know, and, and you like you said, you don't know on day one how many of those same students are going to be there on day 180. How many boomerang back and forth between a public school system and a charter school. So we, I can't specifically address that because it's so transient, but I can say that we probably have over 200 students early in the school year that come and go within the first uh, few months of school prior to October when we need to submit all our reporting and data to the state about our enrollment and for testing purposes. A lot of times we have an influx or uh, we lose probably or gain. There's about 200 students that are transient uh, within August through October. Whereas back in the prehistoric historic era when I went to school, you you kind of knew from the previous year and from how many kids were born, how many kids were registered for school, you, you had a pretty tight idea of, okay, we're going to have 1,600 students this year. And, and now there's this this fudge factor. I don't know how else to say it. Yeah, it's very challenging because sometimes we have to add staffing in the middle of the year or, or at, you know, at the beginning of the year that we didn't anticipate. It becomes a budget issue. There's lots of lots of unfortunate things where some classrooms are, are you know, have, have smaller class sizes than we anticipated. It, it, it's difficult to project. Uh, we have to take a, an, another break here. Uh, Chris Dormer is superintendent of the Norristown uh, Area School District in Eastern Pennsylvania. Mark Holtzman is in the studio uh, with us. He's superintendent of the McKeesport Area School District. We're talking about uh, public schools and the challenges they face from charter schools, the, the financial challenges, really, but also the personnel and, and staffing challenges. When we come back, I, I want to ask you both what reforms exactly the Pennsylvania League of Urban Schools is advocating for, okay? And also ask you uh, what parents or grandparents or just people who maybe don't have children in school who are school age but are interested in this issue, uh, what they can do to, to make their voices heard, okay? Yep. You're listening to Two Rivers 30 Minutes, a production of Tube City Community Media Incorporated. You know, we're looking for help in getting this show on the air and for help with other projects. If you're interested in the McKeesport area and you'd like to host a program or write articles for the website, call us at 412-614-9659 or email tubecitytiger at gmail.com. 
When we took the break, I asked uh, what sort of reforms are uh, Pennsylvania public school districts seeking to the state's charter school law, which I, I mentioned Auditor General uh, Pete Pasquale a couple of minutes ago. He has called it the worst charter school law in the nation. That's his opinion. Um, but, uh, Dr. Holtzman, uh, what sort of reforms would your district like to see? Yeah, so recently there's been many pieces of legislation kicked around and, and bills that have been you know, proposed uh, that have offered different formulas and different ways in which to calculate uh, the charter school tuition. Uh, for some school districts, some of the legislation that exists currently would be very beneficial uh, for some of us based on budget size and how much we spend per pupil, but other districts would not benefit. So I think what we're asking for is the legislators and, and the decision makers to work with the educators and, and, and the people, you know, managing to educate children to come up with a better formula to address the needs. I, I know that there's not just a resource out there to say, well, uh, charter schools are going to be paid out of this other account and school districts are going to get a total pass. But I do think they can recalculate things and do things in an appropriate fashion so that uh, the charter schools are not manipulating the way in which they're using, not only using the funding, but manipulating the funding itself to test the child that they currently get in their school system uh, for special education and that child becomes now uh, a student with special needs and we have to pay two or three times uh, the tuition without any uh, input and that uh, decision making uh, becomes a very very difficult thing uh, for us to accept so those that's just a small example of some of the uh, you know, undocumented and lack of accountability when it comes to spending as you mentioned earlier the advertisements and things that uh, taxpayer money is spent on is just not education we're running short on time and and i do i want to, want to address one of the criticisms though that again i am playing devil's advocate i can hear the listener out there saying well they're just afraid of the competition i think that's something that gets thrown at public school systems a lot because i i see it on social media i see it uh in in commentary and in editorials that well the public school systems are, are just afraid of competition they just don't like having competition from the charter schools i'll put the question to mark holtzman from McKeesport. yeah so i could share with you my personal feeling is uh, uh, you know i'm an ultimate competitor uh, through my experiences in athletics and for me competition is not the issue at all when you have a system that operates uh, without any limitations, whether it's financial, uh, they don't have union, they're not unionized employees, so they are at-will employees, they're able to expect more longer days, to terminate people without uh, maybe circumstances that we would have to go through in a due process situation. Uh, they also have uh, different uh, scenarios in which they have no accountability. They don't have elected school boards, they have appointed people that are making decisions. Uh, a lot of those factors Factors that go into uh, education and public education are not factors that they have to consider. When they have endless resources to educate children, whether it's technology or curriculum or uh, any other you know, personnel. Many of the schools have two and three educators in a classroom with 17, 18 children. That, that's an unreasonable expense and an unreasonable expectation for public schools to be able to continue. So for us, uh, level the playing field and uh, we'll show you how competitive we can be. Uh, Chris Dormer from Norristown, uh, uh, anything to add to that? 
Uh, I can't. Well, Mark's last statement really summed it up really well. Level the playing field. Uh, you know, we're asked every single day uh, to deal with real costs and real expectations. And uh, you know, if 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 we got one reform where charter schools were funded based on their real costs, and we saw you know, with some transparency how they were spending their dollars, I'll go toe to toe. And you know what? Parents do have the right to choose because you know we, we think we have great programs here in Narstown, as I'm sure Dr. Holtzman thinks they have wonderful programs in the Keysport. Uh, we think we have a ton to offer. But you know what? Parents might it might not be the right setting for a student, and the parent might want to choose that charter school, but when, they, when they're fundamentally operating and funded differently than we are, uh, it puts us at a disadvantage to provide uh, great opportunities for our kids. I mean, we do provide great opportunities, but uh, you know, we could do so much more if we weren't sending, in our opinion, unnecessary funds to them blindly. F- a final uh, question, and this is uh, for, for people who want to get involved in this. How can they get involved? What should parents, grandparents, uh, just concerned citizens who hear this, what should they do, Chris Dormer? Uh, sure. So I, I think, uh, J- Jason, the whole idea of us having the press conference was to really you was to mobilize our, our local uh, uh, communities. Uh, I know you know, um, and I'm sure you know Mark did over in McKeesport and his uh, with his fellow uh, school districts. Uh, you know, we, we had a great turnout of uh, taxpayers, parents, and concerned people, and it really was we want to inform them uh, and really you know a call to action. You know, be aware of what's going on, be aware of the, of a lot of legislation that's moving, you know, potentially moving right now, and don't be afraid to contact your legislature uh, legislators. We're, we're very very fortunate. Here in Narstown, we, uh, all of our local elected officials on the state level are supportive of additional funding and charter reform, uh, but there's many legislators across the state that are not, and we're actually starting to encourage them to say, uh, you know what, we need to change all the hearts and minds, because it's not just the vote of my local legislators, it is, it's a collective vote of uh, the Pennsylvania House and the Pennsylvania Senate, which is going to make a difference for all public schools. So, uh, you know, we have heard from our elected officials uh, then hearing from parents matters, and that's what we're motivating our, our families to do. They need to tell our legislators by their voices, and you know, and if need be, by their vote. Uh, next year is going to be a big election year, uh, but, but uh, the voices need to be heard. That uh, public schools are important, funding them appropriately is important, uh, and it needs to be important for the Pennsylvania House and Senate as well. Uh, Mark Holtzman from McKeesport, Chris Dormer uh, from Norristown. Thank you both for uh, taking the time to talk with us this morning. Thanks for having us on, Jason. Appreciate the opportunity to speak with you. Thank you, and thank you all for listening today to Two Rivers 30 Minutes broadcasting from the Tube City Center for Business and Innovation in downtown McKeesport. So long for now. You've been listening to Two Rivers 30 Minutes, copyright Tube City Community Media Incorporated. Opinions expressed on this program are not those of Tube City Community Media Incorporated. Listener support makes this program possible. If you'd like to make a tax-deductible contribution, please visit our website at tubecityonline.com and click on the donate link. You can also get a free subscription to this program and other podcasts at our website using Apple's iTunes or Stitcher.com. If you've got a question or comment, we hope you'll write to us. Our address is Tube City Community Media Incorporated, P.O. Box 94, the Keysport, PA, 15134. You can email us at TubeCityTiger at gmail.com or call us at area code 412-614-9659. And you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at TubeCityOnline. Online.